Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sam and Trout Steelheader Podcast. I am your host, Lucas Holmgren, and this episode is brought to you by Al's Goldfish Lures. Over 67 years of amazing spoon action and still catching fish to this day, Al's Goldfish Lures. This article is by longtime author Bill Herzog, who has numerous books under Amato Books, Frank Amato Publications, as well as numerous articles for Salmon Trout Steelheader Magazine, one of which we will be reading today. And this article is in relation to chum salmon fishing. You may call them dog salmon. You may call them keda salmon. Whatever you may call them. This article is entitled Temple of the Dogs, written by Mr. Bill Herzog. Fly fishing for chum salmon has become a serious passion of mine. There are few other piscatorial activities I would rank higher. After spending six days on Alaska's Alagnac River and battling hordes of silver-plated dogs, it's become a major candidate for top honors, not to mention a starting point for carpal tunnel, tennis elbow, and partial ownership of the company that manufactures sports cream. STS writer Dave Vetter and yours truly arrived at Tony Sarp's Katmai Lodge July 15th, totally stoked for the Alaskan fishing experience, but really not knowing what to expect. We were told that we would see the peak of the Chum Run on the lower river, salmon not hours, but minutes out of Bristol Bay. Little did I realize I was in for the best fly fishing of my life. Sure, we have chums in Washington State. They are larger on average than Alaskan chums, and there are lots of them. But these Alagnac River 7 to 14 pounders are much higher quality fish, evident in physical appearance, aggressiveness towards the fly, performance after hookup, and most importantly, in sheer numbers. It's an incredible fishery, yet believe it or not, it plays second fiddle to a substantial Chinook run which happens to peak at the same time. It didn't take long for Dave and I to tear apart our gear upon arriving at camp. Our room resembled the tackle store version of the aftermath of an Old West saloon brawl. Records were broken for putting on waders. We made a high-speed waddle to the dock where we would meet our guide, Burt Reynolds' lookalike Lee Darby. Like many Katmai guides, Lee makes his home in Oregon, where he is a professional steelhead and salmon guide. Today, like our remaining days here, he would shuttle us downriver 15 miles below camp to the tidewater section of the Alagnac. Near tidewater, the Alagnac slows and widens. Gravel bars prominent upriver are replaced by sandy slopes and grass-covered drop-off banks. Here we would encounter chums at their physical prime, fresh from the salt, aggressive and bright. Lee's knowledge of the lower river was precise. He knew exactly when to find large concentrations of bright, fresh fish at the top end of a long stretch of water called the Glory Hole. Dave Lee and I would spend most of our time on this stretch because it has all the qualities that make it ideal for fly fishing. Having one too many at the local bar. Most chum fishing on the Alagnac is done in the lower river, either in or just above tidewater on sandbars. Chums are fond of holding slash moving over shallow sandbars, often in water no more than two feet deep. Gear choice was wonderfully simple. A 9 foot 8 weight, a 7 to 8 weight reel, and a weight forward floating line worked great. Fly patterns were equally easy. If a pattern's dominant color was hot pink, you were in business. 
Flashaboo and or Crystal Flash, also in pink, seem to enhance attraction. Marabou is a key part of all chum patterns. The pulsing, swimming action cannot be beat. Weighted flies fished on a 7-8 to eight foot leader work great. When swung, the flies sank approximately 2 feet, more than deep enough to tempt overly eager chums to strike. We use straight 12-pound Maxima Ultra Green for Tippet because those dogs were anything but line shy. Besides, a lighter line would probably snap on the take, not to mention fail when trying to slow a fish. While lower 48 chums respond best to a dead drift, lagnac fish behave like summer steelhead. Casts either presented straight across or quartered down, followed by the classic wet fly swing, would prompt savage takes. Long casts were never needed. Sometimes casts of only 10 foot would be answered by plastering slams. Mending was not always needed because chrome chums are aggressive enough to chase down fast swinging flies. In faster flows of an outgoing tide, one or two upstream mends to slow down the fly brought more strikes. While in the slower flows of an incoming tide, a single downstream mend causing a belly to form and quicken the presentation brought on many takes. Often a chum took when the fly was simply hung in the current below the angler's position. Now how would someone describe the fight of a Seabright chum? The typical battle starts with a hard strike or a simple stop. After the hook set and several head shakes, most fish make a powerful run which includes coho-like leaps and twists. Males were the strongest fighter. A half dozen of the wildest fish took me 50 to 70 feet into my backing, not once but often twice. Their stamina and strength is unreal. I doubt if any Pacific salmon is their equal. Sometimes you would swear fish were foul hooked due to the ferocity of the initial run, but every fish hooked was pinned squarely in the corner of the mouth. Dave and I discussed one of the first rules for writing fishing articles. Go easy on superlatives. Words and phrases like breathtaking, incredible, outstanding, and they strike the fly like Superman after too much espresso, then pull your waders up over your head, whip you with a garden hose, and slam you into a sandbar coughing and sputtering aren't supposed to be used. Let's just say if you told a blind man he was tied to a fresh summer steelhead, he couldn't tell the difference. Angling methods were remarkably similar to those used in steelheading. The best plan was to start at the top of the long runs, hook aggressive fish until the end was reached, then walk back up to the top and start again. By the time you got back to the head end an hour or so later, there were new fish or the ones that were there that had settled down enough to bite again. All I can say is if you love to fish a floating line for large chrome hot fish and don't mind hooking anywhere from 20 to 50 a day. The Alagnac is Nirvana. For those that don't fly fish, Alagnac chum can be tempted easily into nailing a one quarter ounce hot pink marabou jig set a few feet under a float. Many times during the day I found myself being caught up in Alaskan splendor. Neon blue skies reflected on choppy water and silver and azure. Cloud formations as rare as they were during the week were completely different from the ones back home. The long-tailed sea lice clinging to backs of chum tell anglers they are holding more fish mere minutes away in Bristol Bay. A huge brown bear erupted out of the river, frightened by our jet sled. After a tremendous meal, I would lie awake at night, listening to Mr. Vetter softly snore and seagulls crying immediately upstream. Cloud formations, as rare as they were during the week, were completely different 
from ones back home. The long-tailed sea lice clinging to the backs of chum tell anglers they are holding fish mere minutes away in Bristol Bay. A huge brown bear erupted out of the river Frightenbauer jet sled. After a tremendous meal, I would lie awake. The first three days melted into one, a blur of slamming takes, screaming reels, bucking rods, aching wrists, snap leaders, laughter, and flawless bright chums. It didn't seem right, just fishing one stretch of river, but the chum fishing was so good at the glory hole, we found it difficult to go elsewhere. There is a saying that Lee Darby lives by. Don't leave fish to find fish. Due to the great number of chums holding and moving through the hundred-yard stretch, it seemed to me an appropriate name for the upper run should be the dog pound, although the glory hole is pretty close. Now this is just one section of the article written by Bill Herzog. In fact, this article was written in the August-September issue of 1996 Salmon Trout Steelheader. And let me tell you, Bill Herzog is still supplying articles just as good as ever. And I would encourage you to go to salmontroutsteelheader.com and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening.